Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. Boudreaux was invited to a country club, a real nice, swanky uh, country club. Uh, and uh, he was there in the um, locker room, all kind of guys standing around. Phone starts ringing. He reaches over on the, on the sitting bench, and he picks it up, and he puts it on speaker. The voice on the other end of the line, the lady says, Hey, sweetheart, I'm so glad that I caught you. Uh, listen, I'm here at this really nice boutique downtown, and they have a beautiful fur coat on sale. It's just 10 grand. Would you mind if I get it? Boudreaux said, Not at all. Go ahead and get it. You deserve it. She said, Thank you, sweetheart. She said, I'm going to get them to box it up, and then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to run by the Mercedes dealership because the new line is in. And hey, you don't mind if I trade my old car in on a new Mercedes, and he said, I don't mind at all. Make sure it's got all the bells and whistles. She said, oh, thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. And she said, I know you, this is, is, is going to catch you off guard. She said, but that house that we've been looking at for months in River Ranch, it's back on the market. They've lowered the price to just $1.1 million. She said, do you want to go ahead and put an offer on it? He said, yeah, be sure and put an offer, but bid high. We don't want to be, you know, uh, overbid. And, um, and, and so she said, oh, sweetheart, you are so good. You're so kind. I love you so much. And Boudreaux said, love you too. Bye-bye. Hangs up the phone, looks at all the guys and says, anybody know whose phone this is? Come on, y'all. I'm talking to you today again about making the call. Oh, you like that one? I'm talking to you again today in this uh, series of messages that I've been sharing with you about making the call. And last week, we began to look at how important it is to understand the call of God. And the call of God really is a call into fellowship with God. It's a call into a relationship with the God who created you through your faith in his son, Jesus Christ. We're called into that. But as we study the Bible, what we discover is that is that we're not just called into something, we're also called out of something. And it's so important to know that you as a follower of Jesus are called out. As followers of Jesus, we are called out. And that is what I want to focus on with you today. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 there in the New Testament, Peter writes by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he says this about every one of you as followers of Jesus. He says, you are a chosen people. Wow, did you hear what the Bible said about you? You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. That's what you are. You're a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him. Watch this. Who called you out. Again, you're this People belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So once again, let me just say, as a follower of Jesus, you're not just called into something. You're not just called into fellowship with the God who created you through a relationship with his son Jesus. You're also called out of something. And it's so important that we get that, that, that we understand we are called out. Now, I want to explain that. 
And, and the approach that I want to take in, in explaining what it means to be called out is to tell you what it doesn't mean. I, I want to start off, at least, I want to begin by telling you what it doesn't mean. How I many you know what it doesn't mean is just in, as important to understand as what it does mean, right? And so let me tell you what being called out doesn't mean. It doesn't mean you living in a commune with a bunch of other Christians. It doesn't mean that you're supposed to unplug from life here in this world and go find a deserted island that you and a bunch of other Christians are gonna go inhabit so that there's, there's nobody else around. It's just you and your Christian friends and, and you're gonna live. How many of that usually ends up with people drinking Kool-Aid, right? So that, that's what it... That's, that's not what being called out means. Being called out doesn't mean you dress a certain way. The church that I grew up in, uh, basically women were expected to always wear a dress. They could not wear slacks, certainly couldn't wear shorts. Um, they weren't to cut their hair. They had to pile their head, hair up way up on their head, and they couldn't wear any makeup. Can I just share with you, that's not what being called out means. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean talking in a certain jargon that nobody else understands. How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And, and you use all these terms that nobody else understands. Listen to me. Can I just share with you? That's not what it means to be called out. I mean, if you use some of that terminology, I'm not mad at you. But I'm just telling you, that's not what it means to be called out. What it doesn't mean to be called out is that you're weird, right? I don't know what it means to be called out, just to be weird. I, I was the student pastor here in the late 80s, early 90s. And, uh, you know, we, we're right here on I-10, and so we have a lot of people drop in who are in need. And one of the things that we've put in place just to, to help people is we keep packages of non-perishables, you know, food stuff that we can give them and they can be on their way. And so this guy had stopped in. I was the first one that he saw. And so he asked for help. I, I explained, I was explaining what we do, what we could give him. And there's this guy in our church. Uh, he's just one of those called out guys, you know, that, that think that being called out means you're just weird and you just do weird things. And, and, and he happened to be there, and he, he happened to overhear my conversation with a guy, and he comes walking up. He said, hey, man, you're in need, huh? And the guy said, yeah, man, I, I really could use a hand. He goes, well, he said, called out guy says, I don't have any money, but here's what I'm going to do. He reaches down in his pocket, and he pulls out a penny, y'all. He pulls out a penny. And he goes, we believe that faith can multiply anything. So I'm going to give you this penny, and then I'm going to pray that God will multiply it in your life. Now, I'm just standing there, and, and I'm guilty by association. <laughs> and, and so he pulls me into this prayer with this poor man, and, and he hands him the penny, and he starts praying, God, I ask you to bless this man, cause this penny to be multiplied many times over so that he's wealthy and rich. And, and he's in the middle of his, of his prayer. Call out, guys, in the middle of his prayer. When all of a sudden, I hear the penny hit the floor. Ding, 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 ding. And the guy just goes walking off. And I look across that called out guy, and he looks at me, and he goes, you know, you just can't help some people. And I'm just telling you today, that ain't what it means. <laughs> to be called out doesn't mean we're just weird, and we live our life in weird ways, and we weird everybody out. Look, what does it mean? What does it mean to be called? Look, there's nothing wrong with praying with people and all that kind of stuff. You just don't have to be weird about it, Right? 
what does it mean to be called out? We see what it doesn't mean. So what does it mean? I'm so glad you asked. I was hoping to address it. Uh, I, I think we find the answer to that question in Galatians chapter 5. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul writes by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Here's what he says. He says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Hey, hey, folks, that's what it means to be called out. It means you become gentle and kind and patient with people. It means that you live your life faithful and in, in, in real self-control. It, mean, it means that you're loving and, and that the joy of the Lord has become the very strength of your life. That's what it means to be called out. It means to live all of that and actually leave behind the antithesis of all of that. That that old life that you lived where you weren't loving and you weren't kind, come on, you weren't gentle, you weren't faithful, you weren't in self-control, all of that is behind you. You've come out of that into fellowship with a loving God that, that causes all of the fruit of the Spirit to mark your life as one of his people, as one of his disciples. That's what it really means to be called out. Now, I think it's important you know, and I just want to put you on warning, all of you joining us online as well as everybody in the house. Listen, you just need to know, being called out will get you called out. When you answer the call to come out of your darkness and begin to live the fruitful life that God has called you to live in your fellowship with him through Christ Jesus, you just need to know that being called out will get you called out. People are going to notice that you're not like them and, and you don't act like them and talk like them and do the things that they do, and they're going to get mad about it. I'm not the only one in this room. Come on, y'all. And, and, and they're going to call you out. And it's interesting. I think um, the problem with so many of us as believers is we know God has called us out, but we want to still be in. Is it okay if we, if, can we just get honest with, it, with ourselves here today? We, we want to be in. We want to be in the in crowd, right? We, we, we want to fit in. We want to be invited. We want to be included. We want to be in the know. We want to be in vogue. We want to be in control. We want to be in charge. Sometimes we just want to be in the middle. We don't want, we don't, Want to be all the way over there, but mm, we don't want to be all the way over here either. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and you just need to understand, when God calls you out, you can't still be in. When God calls you out, you can't live to fit in. You got to come out. Amen. Have a great day. That's my message. No, I got, I got a couple more things I wanted to share with you. Listen, um, I think this whole call to come out of the darkness of this world I think Peter makes that appeal to Christians there in the first century, knowing that what he's telling them by inspiration of the Holy Spirit isn't just for them, but it's for all of us that will come after them, generation after generation. I think that whole idea of, hey, as followers of Jesus, we got some things to come out of. I think that is so fixed in Simon Peter's mind and in his heart because of an incident that happened to him that I want to take some time and read with you today. Now, let me set the stage for it. Jesus has told his disciples, listen, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be falsely accused. I'm going to be crucified. And then on top of it all, he tells them, and you are going to forsake me. You're going to, you're going to run 
you're going you're, you're, you're gonna to desert me? And Peter speaks up, as he often did, and says, not me. If everybody else forsakes you, Lord, I won't. And Jesus told him, yeah, you will. In fact, before the rooster crows twice, before your alarm goes off in the morning, he says, you will have denied me three times. Now, we take up a reading in Mark's gospel, chapter 14, and I want to start with verse 53 and 54, and then I'll kind of skip down through the chapter. But Mark 14, starting in verse 53, they took Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests, elders, and teachers of the law came together. Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with the guards, and he warmed himself at the fire. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by, and when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow's one of them, and again he denied it. And after a little while, those standing near said to Peter, surely you're one of them, for you're a Galilean. He began to call down curses on himself, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately, the rooster crowed the second time, and then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him, before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. That moment in Peter's life stayed with him throughout his life. And years later, he's writing by inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the church of the first century. And he, and he reminds them, hey guys, you've been called out. You've been called out of darkness. You can't blend in anymore. You can't fit in to that darkness anymore. You've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light, into a relationship with him that will illuminate your understanding of who he is and what he has for you. You've been called out. And the reason why I think that was so heavy on Simon Peter's heart is because of the things that happened in this story. Can I just say as a byline to the story, the world won't have to call you out if you're not hiding. I'm going to say that one more time. The world won't have to call you out if you're not hiding. We're letting a lost and dying world come out of their closets while we're still hiding in ours. And I think it's time some believers stood up and made a declaration about who we believe, what we believe. Come on, church. It's time to get outspoken about our faith in Jesus. And I want to point out four things that we can learn from Peter's story that will help us to understand this appeal that he makes to us here in the 21st century to come out of darkness and walk in the light of the fellowship that we have with Jesus. Here's four things you can learn from Peter's story. Number one, don't try to follow from afar. That's what Peter did. Verse 54 says, Peter followed him at a distance. I wonder if there's anyone here or anyone joining us online, and you're a follower of Jesus, but you're still following from a distance. Maybe early on, when you gave your 
heart to Christ. You were outspoken about your faith and you let somebody know, hey man, I've decided to follow Jesus. And maybe they pushed hard back on you. Maybe they, they tried to intimidate you and, and maybe they tried to categorize you in ways that you weren't comfortable with. And now it's like you're a follower of Jesus, but you want to do it like as a member of the secret service. You're a soldier of the Lord, but you're in stealth mode, right? You can't try to follow Jesus from afar. Learn that lesson from Peter. It ended up with him denying Jesus, and if you try to follow Jesus from afar, you're going to end up denying Jesus as well. What I'm saying to you today is get up close and personal. Embrace him fully. Get to know him. Uh, put your whole heart into serving him. I, I, I just want to call on every one of us today to make sure that our effort isn't to see how close we can get to this world and get away with it, but rather, how close can we get to God? How close can we be to him? How much can we really identify with our Savior, with the God who created us? I love uh, something a dear friend of mine used to say, Curtis Brown. Some of you guys uh, will remember my friend Curtis Brown. He used to say this all the time. He, he used to tell me, Jeff, I want to be so close to Jesus that when we come back with him riding on those white horses, he's going to have to turn around and say, Curtis, get on your own horse. Come on, y'all. I want to I be close to the Lord, don't you? I want to be close to the Lord. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God. And I, I, I need you to understand that in the spirit of fellowship with the Father that he's given us in Christ, that's what you and I are doing. We're walking with God. Every day we're walking in faith. We're walking with God. But the Bible describes how Enoch got so close to God, one day God looked over and said, we're closer to my house than we are to yours. And, and God took him. The man never died. God just took him from this planet to heaven. I don't know that I can get that close to God, but I sure can try. How about you? Come on, y'all. I sure can try. Here's what we learned from Peter's story. Don't try to follow from afar. This king we serve, he isn't enlisting any secret servant agents. Number two, second thing I see in Peter's story is, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, don't warm yourself by the world's fire. Now, that's exactly what Peter did. In verse 54, it says he sat with the guards and he warmed himself at the fire. But let's don't be too judgmental of Simon Peter because, listen, we do the same thing. We warm ourselves. We warm ourselves by the world's fire. Somebody might say, well, well Jeff, what is the world's fire? I'm so glad you asked. I actually was hoping to have a chance to discuss that with you. I, I pointed to Galatians 5 to demonstrate to you what the call of God really is. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, long-suffering, self-control, and the like, right? I want to go back to Galatians 5 to show you what this, what this fire is, this world's fire is that we end up trying to warm ourselves by. Galatians 5 Verse 19 through verse 21 says, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. You can't warm yourself by that fire. Look at me. Follower of Jesus, you cannot warm yourself by that fire. He goes on to say, 
the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Idolatry and witchcraft, hate, hatred and discord, jealousy, fits of rage. We can't warm ourselves by that fire. He says that the acts of, uh, of the sinful nature are selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. He says, listen, this is the acts of the sinful nature. And these are the very things, even as proclaimed followers of Jesus, that we try to, to warm ourselves by. You don't belong at those fires anymore. He's called you out of that. He's called you out of that darkness into his marvelous light. The enlightenment of who he is and all that he has for us. Look at me. I don't need those fires. I don't need the world's fire. I don't need what they have to offer. I don't need that sin. I don't need their so-called entertainment. I don't need it. Because everything I need I found in Jesus. I'm to come out of that and to come into fellowship with him. If we're going to be followers of Jesus, if we're going to come out of this fallen world, we can't follow from afar, and we can't warm ourselves by the world's fire. And number three, don't deny Jesus. Don't deny Jesus. Peter did, verse 67 and verse 68, when this servant girl saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also we're with the Nazarene Jesus, she said, but he denied it. And how many of us, so many times, we've done the same thing? I know some of you are, are ready to push back on me on this one, and, and you're, you're saying, Jeff, I would never do that. I would never, I would never deny Jesus. Not me. Jeff, I would never stand and declare, I don't believe in Christ. I don't believe he's really God come in the flesh, virgin birth. I, don't, I, I would never declare, I don't believe he died a substitutionary death on the cross and that he was resurrected on the throne. I would never deny that, Jeff. No, 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 no. We don't deny it with our words. We deny it with how we live. We deny it with how we treat each other. We deny his claim on our life, his commands for our existence by simply disobeying him and doing whatever the heck we want to do. We deny him in that regard. And I'm telling you right now, you don't deny Jesus. You don't deny him. He warns us in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 33, everyone who denies me here on earth, I will deny before my father in heaven. Did you hear what Jesus said? If you deny him, either by word or deed, here on earth, he's forced to deny you before the Father in heaven. But here's the good news. The reverse of that is just as true. If you confess him here on earth before men, he said, I will confess you before the Father in heaven. I don't know about you, but as a follower of Jesus, I want to live my life in such a way that Jesus is constantly having to grab God the Father by the arm and say, hey, look at there, that's my boy, that's my own, he belongs to me. I called him out of darkness and he's walking in my marvelous light. We've been called out of some things and we've been called into some things. And I look at this story of the man who writes by inspiration of the Holy Spirit and says, you're called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And his story reminds me that if I'm going to come out of this fallen world, 
I can't try to follow him from afar. I, I, I can't warm myself by this world's fire. I can't deny Jesus. There's one more thing I want to consider, but let me just say this real quickly. You know, man, I, I don't know about you, but I, I believe what the Bible teaches, and I take the Bible very literally. If it's not obvious that the passage is supposed to be taken as like a, an object lesson or an analogy, then I'm going to always interpret it Literally, right? So when Jesus said that we as followers of Christ can heal the sick and cast out demons, I take that very literally. And by the grace of God, there have been great moments throughout my walk with Jesus where God has used me to heal the sick and even to cast out demons. I've seen demons come out of people who were in possession of those people, and they were set free by the power of Christ. That's real, and it works. But you know what we do as Christians? We tend to take those things, and we kind of try to placate them over in ways where the application really doesn't ring true. And so, you know, any little thing that goes wrong, wrong, we try to cast the devil out of it, right? Right? You know what I'm saying? I, I'm telling you right now, Pastor Brody was in Next Steps a few minutes ago trying to cast the devil out of a Mac computer because <laughs> it wasn't working right for him and it was time to start the class. And we do those kind of things in jest sometimes. Even when our friend doesn't behave the way he's supposed to, sometimes we'll look at him and we'll go, come out, you know, <laughs> right? We do that. Can I just say today, I wish I could cast this out of us. I wish I could cast compromise out of us. I wish I could cast apathy out of us. I wish I could cast indifference out of us. But that's not something that can be cast out. It's something God calls us out of. Where we make a conscious decision and we get intentional about it and we go, I'm not gonna live that way anymore. I'm coming out of that darkness and I'm coming into his light. And if we're going to come out of all of that, we can't follow from afar. We can't warm ourselves by the world's fire. We can't deny Jesus. And number four, my, my counsel you today is very simple. Don't call curses down on yourself. That's what Peter did. Verse 71, he began to call down curses on himself. Who does that? Uh, right? Who does that? Who calls curses down on themselves? People who try to follow from afar. People who want to warm themselves by the world's fire while still claiming to be a follower of Jesus. You know who calls curses down on themselves? The one who denies Christ through their words or their actions. What we're doing is calling curses down on ourself. And we got to understand that. We got to realize that. If we, if we don't come out of this world, it's only a matter of time before we deny him. And one day we hear him say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Is there any greater form of curse than that? And we won't have anybody to blame but ourselves. We called it down on ourselves. Let me get ready to wrap this up. We are called out of fellowship with this world and into fellowship with Christ. So like Joshua told his crowd a while back, I tell you today, choose you this day. Who will you serve? 
Do you want fellowship with this world? Or do you want fellowship with Christ? Because you can't have both. Did you hear what I said? You can't have both. Choose you this day. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're coming out of darkness into his marvelous light. As for me and my house, we're going to walk in the light of his redemption, his fellowship, his grace, his mercy. We choose the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 6 verse 17, Paul the apostle writes by inspiration and says, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. It's interesting that when there in Mark's gospel, the Bible describes that fire that Peter tried to warm himself by. You know, the term fire is all through the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament alike. I mean, it was written at a time when that was the only means of light and the only means of heat, right? They didn't have electricity. They didn't even have heaters. So the word fire is all through the Bible. But the type of fire that Peter was warming himself by is a particular type of fire. It was a charcoal fire. Now, I want you to stop just a minute. Close your eyes. I want you to think about the last charcoal fire. You were around. You smell it? You smell it? it there's a, a very distinct fragrance that comes from charcoal fires. Here's Peter, and that charcoal fire, the smoke of it is it's in his hair, it's, it, it's, in his, it's in the fabric of his clothes. There's only twice the Bible uses this term for this type of fire. It's once on the night that Peter denied Jesus. And then it's mentioned again in John chapter 21. Now let me set the stage. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's appeared to his disciples a couple of times. Peter, his brother Andrew and their business partners, James and John, they've gone back to fishing. They've gone back to commercial fishing. And they're out trying to bring in a catch. In John's Gospel, chapter 21, I want to start reading at verse 9. When they landed their boat, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus told them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard, and he dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Come have breakfast, Jesus said to them. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. I want you to get the picture. Here's Simon Peter, the one who's denied Jesus. And there's that smell again. That smell of the fire that he knelt by on the night he had betrayed Jesus. And now he's kneeling at a similar fire. Right across is Jesus. And he's having a conversation with Jesus. The Bible says that um, Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them. And he did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. And when they had finished eating, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Remember who, who he's talking to. He's talking to the same guy who said, if all the rest of them forsake you, I won't. Simon, 
son of John? You love me more than all of these? And Simon replies, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus replied, feed my sheep. Jesus asked a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he answered. You know I love you. And Jesus told him, shepherd my sheep. Verse 17, then Jesus asked a third time. I hope it's not lost on you today that the same amount of times Peter denied him, Jesus now gives him an opportunity to reaffirm his faith. He says to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was deeply hurt that Jesus had asked him a third time, do you love me? Lord, you know all things, Peter said. You know I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. What's Jesus doing? With with the very smell of the charcoal fire that he denied him at just a few days before, he's now giving him an opportunity to reaffirm his faith in Jesus, to let him know, Lord, I love you. I want to make this good. I want to come out of that life that I lived. I want to come out of that compromise that I was willing to abide in on the night you said that I would deny you, but I I was convinced that I wouldn't. I want to come out of that, Lord. I want to serve you. I want to love you. I want to live for you. And Jesus said, good, 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 good. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to come out. I want you to come in. And then I want you to help as many others Come out and come in as you possibly can. We'll get to that sermon next week. My question is very simple. Have you come out? And have you come in to fellowship with God? Hey everyone, this is Pastor Jeff Abels and I just wanted to take a minute to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Maybe the Holy Spirit has been dealing with your heart as you've listened to this message and you feel like You just need to get right with God. If you have no real assurance that you are right with God, if you cannot honestly say you've been living for God, and you know that needs to change, I want to invite you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior right now. You know, the Bible tells us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means God loves you and God's ready to save you. He's just waiting on you to call on Him. Why don't you call on Him right now by praying a very simple prayer with me. I want you to repeat the words of this prayer after me. Let those words come right from your heart. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from God and I don't want that I believe in Jesus I believe he died for me I believe he rose again through faith in Jesus I believe my life can change so I ask you Jesus come into my heart forgive all my sin and change my life Be Lord of my life from this day forward. I don't live for me anymore or this world. God, I want to live for you. Help me to do that. And I thank you right now, even as I pray, 
According to your promise, my sin is all forgiven. I'm now right with God. I am saved. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer with me, we would really love to know about it. We'd love to give you some next steps to get you started on your brand new journey of faith. What I'd love for you to do is just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. And someone will connect with you to provide you with some resources that I think will help you greatly. Again, just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast today and God richly bless you is our prayer for you.